0: I think it's important you hear about covering up. And, you know, as we think about frostbite, frost frostnip being the early uh, warning signs that the skin is being damaged. So, you know, you might see a little bit of tingling. You might see a little bit of redness. Um, you, know, you can tell that the skin is being affected. can occur evenly at about 32 degrees Fahrenheit. You add a little bit of wind chill to that, and it doesn't take much Um, to uh, really begin to damage the skin. And so really important to know the temperatures, know how long you're going to be out there, and to really limit how long you're going to be out there because heading all the way to frostbite, which is injury to the skin and underlying tissue exposed to Like I say, even 32 degrees Fahrenheit uh, temperature or less can really be um, somewhat uh, permanently damaging now for some folks. So one has to be really careful. It tends to really hit the areas that are the distal parts of our body. So areas that stick out, such as our nose, our ears, our fingers, our toes, our chin, cheeks, tend to really be very much the areas that tend to get this frost nip, which is the early process, And then frostbite is really major discoloration, a lot of discomfort, uh, hard, rubbery uh, skin. It's something that you can really experience. So this can really be quite alarming and certainly quite an emergency if we're not careful.
1: So Debbie, a couple of things here, and, and gosh, we've all heard the term frostbite probably for most of our lives. So I wanted you to take us into the lab a little bit on what is actually happening to our body from a medical standpoint when we talk about frostbite. And I know everything depends on the weather and the coldness and the, the windchill factor and such, but I imagine it's a short period of time when you're talking about 10 degrees below zero, 20 degrees below zero with that windchill factor, that something like this could start to set in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we know that the blood vessels typically that are in our fingers and our toes and our nose um, are uh, small, narrowed, and when we're exposed to cold, it tends to narrow the blood vessels. And so, narrowing those blood vessels means less blood flow to that distal or distant area of our body. Uh, and so, those are the areas that tend to be extremely vulnerable when we get into very cold weather. So, it doesn't take much way to really get those blood vessels to narrow. Now, you might think of other things that cause that. Um, and certainly one of those is smoking. And so if you're outside, perhaps snow blowing, shoveling, it's windy, it's cold, and we're into some pretty uh, deep temperatures, it does not take much to have those blood vessels constrict or narrow and really uh, cause some concerns uh, in that tissue. So all the more reason to be really making sure that very little skin is exposed to these cold temperatures uh, can really be extremely preventive
1: dr debbie plate with us cleveland clinic akron general debbie let's take it to maybe not to the frostbite stage but let's say we're outside and whether we're shoveling or playing or just outside and take care of stuff and we got some numbness in our fingers and such from a medical standpoint we come inside what should we do at home to make us feel better and get more comfortable yeah
0: great great question so you want to really warm up Slowly. A warm environment is important, but you want to avoid right, things like heating pads, water bottles, hot water. Those are things you want to avoid. The body takes time to rewarm. And so you really want to use uh, lukewarm water to try to submerge those hands in there um, and really slowly bring back the circulation. You can create a lot of damage if you warm these extremities very quickly. And so uh, lukewarm water, no hot water, and no intense heat around you if, in fact, you've been exposed and you're experiencing some numbness, tingling, redness, and pain in the skin. So you've got to be very, very cautious, slow warming.
1: Slow warming. And that's interesting because the natural tendency, right, Dr. Plate, is to get that hot water on you to warm it up quicker. But to what you're saying, that could really work against you.
0: Sure. Uh, They also talk about even taking your hands and putting them into your armpits. Your armpit's a nice, warm area. Uh, In fact, when we... um, measure temperatures, we know that uh, that can be a warm area. So that's a nice, gentle way to try to warm uh, that extremity. So putting your hand into a warm arm can actually be a nice way to slowly uh, warm that area. So really important to not do anything too quickly, but you do certainly want to be in a warm area. The other thing you don't want to do is you don't want to rub or massage hands or feet that have been exposed to cold temperatures that are really painful uh, and that, in fact, may have color change uh, representing the fact that it may be deeper tissue that has been uh, damaged so you want to be very cautious a lot of us will rub our hands together to try and warm up when we come in if they're painful numb and red that's the last thing you really want to do you really want to try and just submerse them in new warm water to get those slowly heating back up again and to get that blood flow back into that area.
1: Dr. Debbie Play with us, Cleveland Clinic Akron General. Debbie, there's some members of my family when they get outside in the cold conditions, and I'm sure you've seen this with some of your patients, they come inside in a red rash sets in almost on the arms and sometimes the legs and such and if we do get that situation and I think you partially answered it there with that last answer what do you do in those situations when you get some of that cold rash that sets in
0: you know I think the warmer environment just being indoors is great I still would avoid extreme heat uh, but just being in that warmer environment, you're going to see things slowly come back to that normal, uh, color that you're used to. But there is no question that that can be the beginnings of even a little bit of frost nip, which is again the early stages of frostbite. And that's just where the superficial layers of the skin, the areas that you can see are impacted. Um, and so it can be a wind burn. It can be, um, you know, uh, a bit of frostnip from the uh, below-degree uh, temperatures. And so it's really important to just slowly warm, get into that warm environment, and be very cautious. You know, the way there are some medical conditions that can put us at risk as well. Malnutrition, dehydration. You and I are always talking about, staying hydrated. And so if you're out working outside, you know it's cold and you're not doing the best as far as water intake before you even go, this can put you at risk. And of course, certainly any kind of damp uh, moisture towards the skin, the first thing you want to do is remove that wet clothing when you come in, because that can really put you at risk uh, and accelerate the frostbite situation. So, you know, uh, wanting to layer up If you're going out, they recommend sometimes two or three layers of loose-fitting clothing so that the skin can breathe. It's protected, it can breathe, and you're not dealing with just one layer. They talk about sometimes even double socks, really trying to uh, protect that distant circulation, as we talked about with our hands and feet. Uh, Mittens are better than gloves. Uh, Mittens are more protective uh, than gloves when we are out into the uh, elements that are really quite cold. So you want to protect those areas that are um, hands, toes, uh, feet, nose, ears, those all should be covered. A face mask is always a good idea. But remember, make sure you're well hydrated, because this can really make a difference. Smoking a cigarette before going out not a good idea. Why? Because those blood vessels narrow, and you need those open to be able to provide the circulation to some of these areas that are going to battle the, uh, the low temperature. So we got to be very careful.